Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Cozy Podcast. Uh, we're now coming back to our Co- Cozy Podcast Challenge Stories of 2020. And today I got a special guest from the other side of the world, from otherwise known as the Down Under in Australia, uh, my friend Adam Clements. Adam, thank you for joining us today. Hey, mate. No worries. Thanks for having me. Man, I, I, I was really excited for this one. Uh, I'm up really early. You're in the afternoon. You're about, I think you said you're about 10 hours ahead of me. So obviously it's a little, yep. it's a little different on the timings, but I, I'm glad we were able to make it happen. And I'm hoping to have some more Australian stories because uh, you know, I've, I've he- heard about these 2020s uh, on the other side of the world. And I think you guys have gone through your own bit of, uh, <laughs> bit of challenges on that side. So I think there's a lot of people that want to hear what you guys have to say on that side of the world. So uh, again, thanks for joining us. Uh, I, think, I think you're right. I think the difference this year is everyone's got a story and it's, I guess it's, it's fun to be here to share it with you. Yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm really excited. So uh, let's, let's just get right into it. So first off, uh, you know, uh, obviously I didn't, I didn't mention this. We actually met uh, on a Kentucky trip about five years ago, uh, going through Europe, which was uh, actually one of the last craziest trips I've ever done when I was, uh, and I know you can obviously talk about that, but like, that was a, a crazy experience for us. We met a ton of people and I, the, some of the friendships I still have from that trip were amazing. Um, but uh, yeah, tell us who you are. So uh, where, who you are, where you're from, and also uh, a little bit about yourself so we can understand kind of what you do. So we have an idea of where you fit kind of in the Australian lifestyle. And then uh, we'll go from there to hear about your story. All right. Well, thank you. Um, my name's Adam, as Ryan said, I'm from Newcastle in New South Wales, Australia. So that's to place for people. It's about two hours north of Sydney on the East Coast. Um, nice little beach town. Ryan, you've seen it yourself. It's pretty nice there. Um, so I'm an uh, electrician by trade. I work on passenger trains. I recently made a transition from um, mining. So I was uh, working on mining equipment um, and it was a big career change, but we'll sort of touch on that a bit later. Um, I love sport, live sport, especially um, rugby, rugby union, um, basketball, cricket. Um, love the beach, traveling, obviously. I met Ryan um, traveling around. Um, I love to go out and party, as Ryan probably remembers. Um, a big concert goer, a big concert goer, as I remember. <laughs> yeah, so I was about to say a big, um, big live music fan. So this year's been a bit tough in terms of live sport, live music, but um, we made it through, made it through the other side, and hopefully things are on the up. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So, yeah, as you mentioned, uh, you're an electrician. Uh, I know you mentioned to me. I think when, when we were last chatting, when I last visited you, actually, when I was out in uh, in the Gold Coast in 2018, I think mm. you were working in the mines at that mo- at that point. Yeah. And then, I, but right. but you actually said that you recently changed careers at the beginning of the year. What? So, what what are you doing now exactly? So, it's, I'm an electrician, and I work on um, passenger trains. So, all the electrical systems, um, engines, um, generators, everything, lighting. Um, I guess the controls in the cab as well. So oh, wow. um, for me, it's a different, totally different environment. It's still heavy industry, but it's um, a different environment, a lot closer to home, um, which I'm very happy with. Um, and I guess the shift work isn't quite as much strain. There still is shift work involved. So I'm working, you know, during the night, during the day. I just worked yeah. New Year's Eve night shift. So, um, you know, never stops. It's just sort of one of those jobs that I've just gotten used to. I remember your hours for, for mining were nuts. I remember you, yeah. I think, I think every time I chat with you was actually normal time from North America because you usually yeah. were like, you were out, you're working the entire evening. I think night shifts, basically like these late shifts. Yeah. Through the night. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So um, I guess for me, it's normal. For a lot of people, it's not normal to hear people working, you know, from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. But for me, I've been doing it for 12 years now and yeah. um, I love it. So it's good. Uh, yeah. But so you, so you basically, has that changed at all or you're still more or less on night shifts? I'm all over the place. So I work days, nights, basically whatever the roster dictates, but um, right. I'm used to the swing. I'm used to the turnaround and stuff. It's just become second nature. So, yeah. And I'm just working all my other hobbies that I listed around that, I guess. Yeah. So, um, so just to give people a little bit of an idea, obviously he just mentioned he's a, he's a, you're, you're an electrician, uh, but also, uh, I, I'm, I think some of the things that you're, you're a big concert goer, as we just mentioned, you know, I remember when I came by there, uh, you were, I think you hit like at least three or four festivals in the time that I was there. Yeah. Uh, so you're a big guy that loves to go out to the festivals. Obviously, if you're in Australia, especially around the region that you are, it's hard to live in New South Wales and not go to festivals, uh, because of like splendor in the grass and some of the cool ones that are out in that area. I think when I actually saw you, I was in Sydney and you had actually just come from a big one. You were absolutely right. What was that one? I went to one on New Year's Day called Field Day. Oh, yes. And um, and so that's every New Year's Day they do that. Okay. Obviously not this year because of um, coronavirus, but um, yes, that's always one that I've, it's a must, must do for me every year. New Year's Day. Yeah. Typical, typical Aussie experience definitely <laughs> is to get into those fast festivals and those concerts. Yeah. Um, also, uh, Adam's a, ma- a massive uh, NBA fan and sports fan, I guess you could say. Uh, obviously, you don't work in the sports industry like I do, but uh, I think that's one of the reasons why we've you know, had a bit of a connection over the years is because it was pretty typical. I think one of the biggest things I remember from our Kentucky trip was you sporting those uh, those heat jerseys and yeah, yeah, Bulls yeah. jersey, I think you were wearing no, at one time. No, no, no. It's- no, no. <laughs> <laughs> only heat stuff for me. Only heat stuff for me. And that, and is that is that like LeBron heat or is that like uh, Wade heat? I don't even have a LeBron heat jersey. I don't think I've only got Wade ones. Ah, nice. I want to get a, I want to get a Jimmy Butler one, but they're pretty scarce in Australia. So yeah, but you're a so Heat fan, then, right? Oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Okay, hundred yeah. percent. So you're a through and through Heat fan. So that's that's yeah. great. And then obviously being an Aussie, uh, you know, Aussie rules football, rugby, yeah. big sports yeah. on your end as well. So yeah. definitely, uh, definitely a lot of I think a lot of things that people that uh, normally I hang out with will uh, definitely resonate with when it comes to that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and you're and you're a good dude. Obviously, we've had a few a few good t- good times. You actually brought mm-hmm. me to my first my first cricket match ever. Mm. Uh, which was yeah. the at the Sydney Cricket Ground, which was the yes. test match between England and Australia, right? That's right. That's right. The um, about is probably the pinnacle of test cricket, I'd say. Um, Interesting experience for someone who's never done cricket, I'll tell you. For anybody who doesn't know, uh, give people a little bit of an idea of what that is, because for me, even I don't know, but it's like five matches over the course of like a week or two weeks or something like that. Or how does that work? No. So this level of cricket that we went and watched is called test cricket. So one game goes for five days. Right. And so the English team were over here touring that year. And when they play, it's what's called the Ashes, which is, you know, the most coveted trophy in test cricket and um we verse england every three years or something for that trophy right and it's five five games that each go for five days so england normally over here for two or three months for that tour crazy and um and um yeah it's, it's big business it's big business and um we actually we won that series we won that series like i think four nil which is huge like to win and not let england win a game over here it's pretty big and in the last five years, there's been some big controversy around uh, <laughs> around the cricket thing. So uh, uh, let's touch about that before we move on to the 2020 story. Yeah. Okay. So um, the Australian captain and vice captain both got suspended for 
12 months for, uh, it's called <laughs> ball tampering is the name of the offense. Was <laughs> but, it um, spitting on the ball or something like that? Or what no, were they you putting were allowed, on? No, you are allowed, allowed to spit on the ball, but they were roughing it up with sandpaper because it changes the um, the aerodynamics of the ball when they deliver it. So it makes it do stuff that it shouldn't. So I guess for you, the, the comparison would be baseball where you have a slider and stuff like that. But these balls are a lot more, <laughs> you can manipulate these balls a bit more <laughs> if that's something you're into. Yeah. But um, I mean, you're, you're the one who's, you're, you went there, you know, that could have easily yeah. been PG and you decided to uh, to go in that direction, but it's fine. Yeah. This is an explicit version of a podcast. We swear we do it. It's not a big deal. <laughs> well, you know me, you probably should have expected it. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, they, they were doing something to the ball that you're not allowed to do. And essentially they got suspended for 12 months. Yeah. And this was, I guess the guy that got, one of the guys that got suspended was the best player in the world at the time. So it was pretty big news, but um, he's back now and he's back being the best player in the world again, I guess. But was that, that was just remind, like, cause that, I didn't get that. Cause obviously that was in 2000, 2015 was what was when I, we met 2018 was when I was there. Yeah, no, it was, so it was after, it was after that. So I think it was the start of 2019 was when they were in South Africa and when the, when it all went down. Ah, uh, Okay. So that was 2019, probably February, February or March, I'd say. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, I didn't have an idea of where. So I was like, what is this? It's like, I know I saw all this controversy about cricket yeah. and obviously I, you know, I don't follow cricket, so I couldn't talk about it. I have a couple of yeah. really great friends that are um, from India and obviously they're massive on cricket in India as well. Uh, Sri Lanka, Pakistan, you know, Middle Eastern yeah. countries are massive in cricket. So that's yeah. a completely different lifestyle on the other side yeah. of the world. So, uh, but, but yeah, anyway, so uh, yeah, cri- yeah, that, that was one of my best experiences that I remember. I, I yeah. thank you for that. That was an awesome opportunity to take part in uh, some history on that ashes. Uh, and uh, I just remember, I remember the uh, atmosphere was pretty dope. You know, obviously you're there yeah. for an entire day and uh, we were only there, I think on the second day or something like that and you had like three more matches to go with some friends and stuff i think it ended up finishing on like the fourth day or something like that i think if i'm not mistaken Uh, i think you might be i think it might have gone to the fifth day but yes you're right so i went to the the, i went to all the days except for the first one so we went day two yeah and um and then i went to the other three days after that with some other friends and um yeah i mean i try and do it every year because it's great fun dedication to sport right there i'll tell you five yeah. days you know and you would go to all five matches that's that's awesome yeah. but let's yeah. uh let's get into the nitty-gritty of like what what the purpose of this yeah. is you know i, I want to sure. hear about i want to hear about your story um give us a little bit of an idea of kind of uh how your 2020 went down uh being in new south hey. wales being in australia um i know you mentioned the change of job which uh, i think you mentioned actually came just before that so walk us through you know from the beginning of 2020 until you know the end of 2020 how you're feeling and everything let's let's go through those emotions i, I Talk about yeah. it. All right. So, um, firstly, I guess 2020 started out on a huge positive for me, um, um, which is really strange to say right now. But um, I just landed a new job closer to home, which I touched on before, um, with the, I guess, intention of settling down a bit with my partner. And I remember being super excited. And then at the end of January, my partner basically just said, I think we're done. And that was, and that was a huge curveball for me. And you can uh, imagine, you know, hit, hit pretty hard. But um, tying that into what's happened the rest of this year, the day after that was when the first coronavirus case was announced in Australia. So I guess the world was already falling in and then this happened and it was like, if you know what I mean, it was sort of snowballed a bit. And then the day, so this is the 24th of Jem was when that, when she taught, taught me about us splitting up. The 25th was the first COVID case in Australia. The next day, 26th of Jem was Australia Day, which was actually the same day that Kobe died. So, oh, for you, man. I was dealing with a lot of emotions already. Oh, and then wow. Kobe died. And I, and I honestly, 
like I've never been so devastated about a celebrity loss. Like, I remember when Avicii died years ago, that hit me pretty hard. That was hard, Kobe yeah. Was, Kobe was a um, high other level, yeah. it was. I mean, if you're a basketball fan in any way, I know there's a lot of people, because there's a lot of people given like, how why is there so much attention to Kobe? Uh, you mm. know, he's this big celebrity and everyone's making this, but there's people dying every day. And it's like, yes, I completely yeah. get it. And mm. I obviously respect to all of the people that lost loved ones and the people mm. that, were, that were dying over, over the year. But like Kobe was the epitome of basketball, yeah. you know, like for, for the, he, like he, people thought of him as like the next MJ before LeBron mm. came out, he was literally what basketball was. And there are still yeah. people to this day who think that the energy and the drive of Kobe even matches, if not exceeds that of Ma- Michael mm. Jordan. And and I think, yeah. and I, even after he left and it's so disappointing because he was grooming Gianna, uh, Gianna mm, yeah. to become yeah, this like, right this epic female, you know, b- basketball mm. player. And it's just yeah. so sad to see both of them go in that helicopter crash. And, uh, you know, damn the Simpsons for predicting it. Oh no, damn the Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> No, but there was actually um, a cartoon that actually predicted like a, a, that Kobe would die in a helicopter crash as a joke. God damn it. And like, yeah. oh man. But anyways, yeah, but that, that was an, I, I was an epic day. I remember, I remember mm. that day. And I can imagine as a basketball fan, like you are, how much that mm. hit you. But then from there, so then obviously from there, what, what happened like uh, after the first sets of cases, when did things kind of start to click in and how did Australia react to like the beginning of the lockdown? Like, did you guys have yeah, a lockdown? Yeah. Like what was going on? So, um, I guess, um, I remember I went to a music festival. So, you know, after all this happened with Kobe and the first COVID case, I was traveling back and forth to Sydney a lot for work because I was training for this new job, as well as dealing with the emotions I had going on with the relationship split and stuff. And at the same time, more and more cases were getting announced in Sydney. And we were sort of saying to our boss, like, should we really be going to Sydney? You know, like, um, and they were like, yeah, just keep going down and we'll sort it out, sort it out. And at this stage, Australia, yeah, you know, we're pretty relaxed if you, if you remember what people are like over here. And I think we also didn't really take it seriously. We're all like, you know, it's not gonna, nothing's going to happen. We're just going to get on with our lives and it's not going to get that bad. But then I remember I went to a music festival in Sydney, uh, sorry, in Newcastle at the beginning of March. And I think that I was standing there and I was like, this isn't quite right. There's 20,000 people here and in the other side of the world, people are dying from this virus that we don't know about. And apparently it's super infectious and it's already in this country. So what are we, like, we really shouldn't be here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's probably the start of it was that festival um, was when I started to realize this could be a big deal. Yeah. Um, and that was it. So that was in, in, in the beginning of March, you actually went to the festival. Yes, that's right. So that was the last, that was the last live music event that I've been to, um, back in March. That, so but that, but at beginning, but beginning of March, that's literally like when most of the world was already in lockdown. Yeah. So Australia was, Australia was behind that. Australia, um, I guess not being able to recall it straight up, but we were sort of, we were still going out. You could still do what you wanted. Shit. There was no restrictions on numbers. It was just, uh, and I guess we're kind of blessed here because it's an island country, so they can control it a bit better. But at that stage, like I said, everyone was very relaxed about the whole thing. Like, you know, what's this virus? Like, what's the go? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but so the weekend after that, I was down in Sydney for the cricket and we traveled down on the Thursday and then woke up on Friday morning. Sorry, I should preface this by saying on Wednesday, I was at work. And I got a thing on Instagram that said the NBA season has been cancelled. So that, I don't know if you remember that's when Rudy I remember Go, that. Rudy Gobert oh, yeah. 
that tested that dumbass. Yeah, so you remember he touched all the microphones. He was like, wasn't afraid of the virus. See, it's just cringes to make me think about it now. But obviously, he knowing what he knows now, he apologized yeah, after, sure, sure. and that's one of the things I think a lot of people need yeah. to realize is that obviously, you know, it, it was similar to like the Australian yeah. kind of you know mentality. It was like, dude, it's mm. not a, it's not a big deal. Try to make you know, like try to make light of it, and yeah. you know, it just turns out like obviously in in hindsight, yeah. a week or two later, the entire world shuts down. It's like Rudy Gobert became this the yeah, scapegoat yeah, yeah. to be like, you idiot. And but but yeah, and then uh, r- the rest of his team, I mm. think, ended up yeah, getting Donovan it Mitchell almost it. immediately yeah. after. I think um, so. I remember that day I was sitting at work and I had the Instagram thing said um, Oklahoma City versus Utah Jazz has been cancelled. And then the next slide down was this is five minutes later was Rudy Gobert has coronavirus. And then ten minutes later the NBA season has been cancelled. And I was like, what the what the fuck happened? <laughs> like um, it's almost like you blinked and it stopped. Well, really, that was, I think, for everyone in Australia and probably in America as well at the time, it was, that was when everyone was like, oh, shit, this is actually pretty serious. Real. Um, yeah. And so, anyway, back to the cricket. I went into Sydney that weekend for the cricket and we went down there on the Thursday. Um, I woke up on the Friday and on the news it said, if you're heading to the Sydney cricket ground today, do not go. They've can't, like, they haven't cancelled the game, but there will be no crowds at the cricket in Sydney. So, that was the first, that was the first event, first morning event in Australia that got, um, got well cancelled for crowds I guess you'd say um, yeah and I think they played two rounds of the National Rugby League with crowds and then there was no crowds after that so that was all the start of March um, yeah so that's I guess that that, yeah. that, was, that was my first I guess exposure to <laughs> that's a bad word exposure to the virus that's when the virus officially hit like Australia and pretty you, and, much, and, pretty, and, and, pretty much and I think I think you conceptualized it pretty well I think I think that at first uh, the Australians and the and sorry and the um, uh, and the Americans they kind of had that mentality was like okay this is another swine flu this is another SARS this is another you know something that's not really that and I I get it because in Canada we were we had SARS Uh, I remember that like it it, it, it was the other Mm. day and I remember it was pretty serious and you did have to be careful and it wasn't mask wearing or Mm. anything like that but it still was something that you had to keep an eye on and I remember that other countries were just like okay keep on high alert but not necessarily really you know it was a a localized uh, epidemic right right. Um, but then obviously with that uh, with sport leagues being cancelled and stopped and stuff like that obviously with uh, football being stopped in Europe Mm which was quite huge for people who watch, you know, I think that's when everybody in the world really started to take notice Mm. because these large corporations that made millions of dollars off of sport Mm. basically, you know, suddenly said, okay, we can't have fans. And then people kind of realized, okay, well, if they're not willing to make money off of this, then obviously it's serious enough, you know, because, you know, why would you stop ticket holders from coming in and money wise and losing money? So I get that. So that's when things really started to click in in Australia then. And then tell us about like, did you guys, have a lockdown then in 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 from April May June like um, how did that work yes yeah, so i'm not i can't quite recall the timing of it because I was blessed enough to be classified as what they called an essential worker. So I was, um, right. I was still working every day. Um, but a lot of, there was a lot of days where I thought that I'd get a phone call saying, um, you know, don't come in today. We we're trying to limit the numbers at work down to even less again. You know what I mean? So that was, um, yeah. there, so there was plenty of days where I thought they'd call me up and say, don't worry about coming in. Um, and I guess, um, the lockdown was kind of, you know, they said, don't leave the house unless you're going to work, going to exercise or going to the shops to get food or whatever. And I I think a lot, a lot yeah. of people at first when we spoke about lockdown misunderstood that 
And they were sort of like, you know, if you go into lockdown, we can't go anywhere. And I was like, they're not going to make you stay in your house. Like you can still go and get food. And, and we had, I don't know if you would have seen this, but we had this really strange thing where people were hoarding toilet paper. So we had... It's not just you, man, all across the world, but like, go on. So, <laughs> no, but I mean, we, we just like, people were like, it was just toilet paper, just toilet paper. And I just didn't, I just didn't understand. Like people were freaking out. You wouldn't be allowed to leave your house. And it's like, they're not going to stop you from going to get food. Like they're not going to make you die in your house. But, um, well, well, I think, I think, I think the, the mentality was, um, we had the same thing out here in Switzerland. Um, I also heard the stories about yeah. people in Canada, stories about people in the U S um, obviously it was much in a country like the U S where money drives all, and people are looking for any opportunity to make money off of other yeah. people. The, the, the main products that were big, it sounds funny that it's just toilet paper. Toilet paper was definitely was one of them. Massive. I remember the day I went into Swit- I went into the, um, the shop and I was lucky that I still had, I always stock a supply of toilet paper anyways. And I was able to survive long enough so then they could restock and I could get toilet yeah. paper. But it was also pa- passed on the shelves. You yeah. would walk in yeah. and you'd have bare, bare, like you'd have bare shelves of, of pasta. And it would only be like those little mm. pastas that you never yeah. buy that are in the yeah. corner. And you'd be like, I've never seen that pasta in my mm. life, but I guess if I want to <laughs> make pasta, I'll buy yeah. that. Um, and then in the US, what was massive was uh, Lysol wipes and sanit- and hand sanitizer. Yeah. That stuff went off like crack cocaine. Yeah. Like it literally, like people were buying it like it was going out of style. And there were people, and there were, I, I don't know if you heard about the story in the US, but there was Amazon actually a guy guy who, yes, yeah, the guy who, bought, guy. who, the guy who yeah. bought, so he bought every single Lysol wipe and Lysol spray that existed. And then he started selling it on like online for like obscene prices. And then, you know what, I think, I think he posted a picture of himself, like hoarding it in his back of his truck. They ended up took taking him and they repossessed all yeah. of it from him and gave it back. Yeah. So he actually lost all that money, but he was making some serious coin yeah. off of that stuff. So, but uh, yeah. So did you guys have similar or was it just toilet paper primarily? Well, now, now that you say it, um, toilet paper, there was days where I went in there and like a lot of sh- shelves were bare of stuff like, you know, the weird packet passes that no one eats, um, all that shit. Yeah. So um, yeah, it was, it was strange. It was strange, but um, I guess I was blessed in a way with the lockdown because just before I was living by myself and just before it, it yeah. really tightened up, um, I got a housemate in and I, I'd, yeah. I didn't live with anyone except for my ex for probably three years. So and it was someone that I didn't know that well. And I was like, we're going to be locked in this house except for work. I, like, you know what I mean? So we got to know each other pretty well in the time that we were living together. Um, and I remember I messaged her the day she moved in and said, I'm going to the liquor store to buy booze in case we can't go anywhere. Do you want anything? And she's like, yeah, get me a bottle of gin. And I was like, all right, we're going to be fine. Um, <laughs> but that, no, that's it. That was crazy. That was, that was, the, that was crazy. I, I remember that. I remember that like it was yesterday. Mm. And I, uh, I think it was, I think basically what it was just to kind of sum it up, it was just a lot of people really, really, really scared. Mm. And yeah, I, oh. I, I, two, two things to that, two things to that one, we've never experienced anything like this in our mm. lifetime. 1920, I think is when we had it back in the States. And I, I don't know if Australia went through that same thing in 1919. 19- 1920. We'll touch on that. We'll touch on that when we get to it. But yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. So I, obviously that went on back then, and obviously it was something similar. But it was a lot of people that were just like, "Ooh, we have to stock up because we might never see the light of yeah, day again." Yeah. You know, like. And I think, and obviously it was like apocalypse. And yeah. there's so many people that are so in, infatuated mm. with like zombie apocalypse and yeah, things yeah. like that that I'm sure the they were just day. like, "Oh, the this is the apocalypse." Problems, yeah. yeah. So they're like, "I need to have everything." And then yeah, that was ultimately the reason yeah. there. But um, but yeah, no, definitely a crazy time for the lockdown. So then, but then, so you guys did you guys because i know you mentioned to me when we chat at one point you actually said that uh borders were closed mm. because um for not many people 
who understand Australia, Australia is sectioned into kind of similar to Canada where we have provinces and obviously U.S. as states. Yeah. You guys West have your states, own yeah. states that are, are that, that are basically managed independently as well and can, you know, set things up differently yeah. and manage your own politics that way. And you are in New South Wales. So, you know, talk a little bit about that because I know you're obviously someone who goes back and forth mm. across New South Wales and, you know, into Queensland sometimes, into uh, some of the other yeah. states as well. So talk about that, like around, you know, the, the you know, April, May, June time, yeah. how, what was going on there? Um, well, I guess, um, so the lockdown, they, they closed the borders, which was um, really weird because like you said, um, it was the first time the borders had been shut in Australia since the Spanish flu epidemic of 1919. So, um, okay. so that's where I was going with that. I think um, we, like, and when they closed the borders, everyone was like, not really sure why or how it was going to change anything. But I guess um, the federal government put the state governments in charge of managing the like COVID-19 stuff. And it makes right. sense now because each separate health, um, you know, uh, health ministry of those states um, took their own um, sort of take on it. And so Victoria's was different to ours, but Queensland's was different again, Northern Territory, WA, all different, all different. But um, I think um, the borders were shut, couldn't go anywhere. One of my best friends and my younger brother also live in Queensland, so I couldn't go up there and see them. And as you said, I love to travel around, um, especially up and down the East Coast, up Queensland, down to Victoria. Um, and so when the borders opened, I think it must have been June, the Queensland border opened for two weeks. And yeah. um, I went up to Queensland the day the border opened and it was a two-hour wait at the border and you've got to you, you sort of roll through and there's a police checkpoint. You've got to check your, you know, make sure you haven't been to a hotspot, stuff like that. And it was just, I was sitting there thinking, this is really strange. We're back to almost colonial times where, you know, you had to cross a border checkpoint every time you went from New South Wales to Queensland again. And also um, the first time in 100 years that there'd been a border closure. So um, it was pretty cool to see it even though sitting in line for two hours wasn't... Yeah, not under the right circumstances. That's right, that's right. But um, So I guess that was an interesting experience to see a border closure and then a border open. And then, like I said, two weeks later, when the situation in New South Wales got uh, more intense again, Queensland shut the border again. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, that's... um. I, I did hear... And I did hear some stories because I, I obviously in my time that um, that I was in Queensland, hmm. I got to hear... I made, I made a lot of connections over there. And uh, it definitely was... It definitely was interesting to hear kind of some of the stories of the, you know uh, obviously you guys didn't have like an I think you guys didn't have anything as drastic as um, you know I just did an episode with the guy who was in France and there's a lot of people in France I don't know if you heard about that and it was like basically borderline draconian where like you had to stay home uh, if you left your house for any moment you know you didn't you had to print off this piece of paper which was like an attestation yeah. of, of uh, displacement yep. displacement and basically what it said is I am leaving the house to do an hour of activity because you got I think you got up to two hours a, a, a day yeah. of activity of exercise um and then on uh i think if you wanted to do grocery shopping pharmacy that type of stuff you could say that stuff as mm -hmm. well but if you actually were stopped by the police they could actually fine you pretty heavy if you didn't have a reason for why you're out and about yeah. but if you look at it you know france i think is, is fifth in the world right now with cases um uh, spain spain was very similar they had a very very tight lockdown italy obviously where they had that massive spread in the north of uh, yeah. italy which is really funny because it's really close to where I am in Switzerland. Yeah. Um, and I was actually in February, I was supposed to go to Rome and they canceled our Rome yeah, trip yeah. right before this was happening. So I, I was really close to like the start of it. 
So I really kind of saw this, but you know, hearing kind of how some countries had to react to it. Um, it, I think there's a lot of people that are really interested to hear kind of how Australia did it. And it sounds, sounds like it was just as impactful on you guys, um, obviously with border mm. clothes and things like that. And, um, but then, so then did, so obviously going into your winter, uh, you said that the borders were closed and you went back and forth. So eventually did things start to loosen up in the middle of the year or like what, what, what started to happen? Um, well, I, so the when I went to Queensland was the middle of July, and the borders slammed shut again late that month. But in August, I actually celebrated my thirtieth birthday, and for so long, like the last sort of two years, I'd thought about how I was going to do it, what I wanted to do, and obviously that all got sort of um, kiboshed. Kiboshed, yeah. Didn't do it. So um, I was lucky enough that restrictions had eased enough that you were still you could go out drinking and stuff but you had to book tables for 10 people or less um for two hours at a time so i booked three different venues and we did two hours at each one yeah and and then so we went out on the town in newcastle me and 10 nine of my friends and then met back to my place and um so i think the restrictions on being out was 10 people per booking but at a house it was 20 so my housemate did the same thing with her girlfriends and then we had a combined 30th back at the house that night so we both yeah. went out to our separate ways and then met up that night and sort of it was nice. It was obviously not what I pictured when I thought about my thirtieth birthday, but it was um that was sort of when restrictions started to ease a bit. Um and we were able to go out and about and sort of socialize and be with our friends again, which we couldn't have done for probably three or four months in the middle of the year. Yeah. And I think there's obviously a lot of countries did that too, where they started to loosen things up. Mm. Um, but I think one of the, one of the biggest things, cause I know that I saw in Australia, um, well, I mean, at least at the end near nearing the end of 2020, a lot of there, I think there was even some places in Australia that they said they're completely clear, but I think they realized at the end of the year that they weren't or so like, yes. what, what was going on with that? Like, well, just recently, um, without skipping ahead, I think, um, so Sydney, well, so New South Wales was pretty much out of the out of the woods, and right. like we hadn't had a community transmission for the buzzword at the moment is community transmission. But we hadn't had a community transmission for so long. There was a lot of cases in hotel quarantine. So if you fly into the country, you do two mu- two weeks of um, hotel quarantine. But um, somehow it's got through the cracks into Sydney, and now Sydney is a hotspot again at the moment. And it's really disappointing because you know we thought we were so close to saying we're we're in the clear. Like New Zealand, you thought you were on the on the, on the track for New Zealand yeah, style, you know? Hey, like, well, Western Australia, because they're so isolated from the rest of us, they've been they've been back to normal probably since I mean I don't want to guess, but I'd say since probably July. They they've had no restrictions over there for quite a while. Um, so they've been lucky that they're so isolated over there. Um, but I guess um, I kind of haven't been. I've, I've tried to um, make sense of it, but. You know, we've had our cases in Sydney now and sort of gone back to it's starting to scale everything back. I'm meant to be on the cricket in Sydney next week, but that might right. not even happen. They might not, they might not even um, have her anymore. So I guess yeah. we're trying to see what happens. Yeah, and obviously, and I, I think that's a big thing to kind of distinct there is that um, for people who aren't aware or um, familiar with Australia, obviously um, Victoria and the western side of Austra- Australia, basically they are they were in some some. I mean, I'm not going to skip it over. There was some deep shit for a while, right? Mm. So um, it was. Uh, I remember that, that I think you guys had something even even draconian on that western side 
side of Australia where they were like, everybody's got to stay inside. Mm. You guys were, they were strictly doing it. Whereas on your side, which is the East coast, which is like Queensland and New South Wales, uh, which is where I was, it, it was a little, I wouldn't say it wasn't less strict. It was just that they w- were definitely weren't as heavily enforced because of whatever conditions were going on. So it's, I mean, it's interesting to hear kind of that yours was, it was still pretty heavy, but then, you know, obviously not as, not as bad as Western Australia. It's almost like the country was split in half almost yeah. for yeah. the last, you know, six to eight months. Uh, yeah. And then obviously with those border closures, I can imagine how much more divisive it kind of was with, mm. you know, focusing on your own health ministers and things like that. Yeah. So um, definitely quite interesting to kind of hear that different dynamics. And I know we did something similar in Canada. Obviously I wasn't there, but in Canada, it was very similar where they had prov- provincial decisions, similar to your state decisions. Mm. Um, in Switzerland, they also have regions similar to states that are managed in completely independent governments, but the actually the independent, the local, like the independent and the provincial or the state government is actually more powerful in Switzerland than the country. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, they actually are the ones that make the decision. But with the fact that we're so close to Geneva and things like that, like Geneva is like the capital and very big, but, um, but yeah, no, anyways, I'm digressing slightly, but uh, to get to, I know there was one thing you wanted to touch about, like getting into the, um, the end of your 2020, you actually had a chance recently to check out the, uh, the rugby league um, finals, you said, where they finally opened it up to spectators. So tell us a little bit about that. I had a, I have an experience where I went to a spectator event uh, in September in in Europe, and that was quite interesting. 30% spectators, social distancing, things like that. So give us a little bit of an idea of what that event looked like uh, in October. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, I went to the, the National Rugby League Grand Final, uh, which was, I think, only two or three weeks after the New South Wales health minister had said, we're having, we're going to have about 50% capacity. You can have 50% of the stadium full. So this was at the Sydney Olympic Stadium, um, had 80,000 people capacity down to 40,000. And it was the first live sport that I'd been to probably since, oh geez, probably since the cricket at the start of that year, like right, right at the start of January. So before there was even a coronavirus case in Australia. So, yeah. uh, and it was, I don't think masks weren't, weren't mandatory or anything, but they had staggered the seating. So you might have four people sitting to your left and to your right in front of you but the group of four you were with would have empty seats in front and behind so it was almost a like a, a diagonal right like they, much, and they yeah. did that on they yes. did on a diagonal in the That's in the right. match that i did uh, the That's match right. that i did was, was yeah. uh, in budapest they yeah. had it like on an angle yeah. and if you looked at it from the from the, yeah. the the field it actually looked really cool it was like a yeah. line going through and yeah. it was like separated everybody out. But yeah. yeah, no, keep going. That yeah, that, that was so, crazy. Yeah, it was. Um, it was an interesting, interesting night. And I think because um, there was no public, like they were, normally they're like, you know, if you're going to the game tonight, make sure you get public transport, leave your car at home. But yeah. this time they're like, don't go on public transport if you can help it. Um, drive your yeah. car, get um, you know, it was really strange the way that the, the opposite of what you're used to, basically. Dynamic change, the, 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 the dynamic of traveling to a sporting event changed. And um, I guess when we were there, um, they've still got all the stickers on the ground saying like stay 1.5 meters from the person in front of you and stuff like that. But um, as far as a sporting event goes, it didn't feel that different. I guess it was it was it was good to get a bit of normality back. Um, be yeah. able to attend that game, um, even though it was only half capacity. And I guess the fact that, like you said, that it was a diagonal like, and everyone was seated throughout the whole stadium, um, the atmosphere was better than if you had all 40,000 down the bottom. You know, yeah. you know what I mean? It was, it was good to see yeah. everyone spread out through the whole stadium. Um, so, yeah, 
no, it was it was an interesting time, and it was glad I got to go. So, um, what was the what was the number? Do you remember like the capacity of the stadium and then the number of people that were actually it, there? It was, I think, so the capacity of that stadium is eighty two thousand, I think. So I think there would have been about thirty eight or I think fifty percent was the the rule. But I'd say they had right. slightly less than that, so probably about probably about forty thousand people. Oh wow, uh, Jeez. yeah, so. So, which is quite a lot. I wonder how, how, how is that for ingress and egress? Because I'm assuming like trying to leave the stadium, how do you, how did they space you guys out? Um, well, the game was actually a bit of a fizzer in the end. I think um, the Melbourne Storm, they, the Melbourne team, they um, got out to a massive lead, and so with about people 10 gradually minutes, started leaving. Yeah, so people got ten minutes to go. So the, I guess the um, the organisers would have been glad that it was going that way. It ended up being an exciting finish. So I'm glad I stayed to the end. But um, yeah, it wasn't. It's actually a pretty good stadium for getting in and out of. So it wasn't. Um, okay. It wasn't like it was too packed walking in and out. There wasn't this sort of sense that I've noticed sometimes this year where you're like, maybe we shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Like no. when you have a big gathering of people like that festival I went to back in March, it was sort of like, maybe we shouldn't be doing this. But yeah. I didn't feel that way at the footy. It was, it was good. I mean, I think I think um, that kind of leads us into kind of what we wanted to talk to talk yeah. about, anyways, in the end of 2020, which was um, the re- like the restart of uh, sport, because um, you know both as we mentioned at the beginning, you you're, you yourself a big NBA fan, um, myself a big NBA fan, um, and uh, with the you know the announcement kind of signifying the start of like the epic time of the pandemic, and then you know the fact that they decided to do the bubble, which was in um, August Atlanta, September, yeah. and and that was and that was. Was really interesting. I thought that that kind of give started to give people a little bit of hope in the middle mm. of the year, which was good. Um, they still, you know, they're still being very serious. I think they ended up with zero cases um, yep. because that was one of the biggest things that people kept their eye on was when are they going to announce cases? Mm. Is it, it's going to be this big thing? And people were making this big thing about how you know sporting events should not be should not be prioritized over health and things like mm. that. It's like, well, I mean, I don't know if many people realize this. Isn't this why I work in sport? The only thing in in I don't know about in Australia, but in North America what helped people get through the Great Depression was sport. You know, it was that camaraderie, that ambience, that atmosphere, that, you know, you know, that ability to kind of dissociate real life and focus on something else yeah. like sport. And I think a lot of people felt that in August and September when they brought it back. Um, I'm not, I don't know if you're a big, you know, uh, Champions League football guy, but like yeah. that, that was big when they did, you know, a month's worth of football in August. That was massive for a lot of people because they brought back, you know, something that a lot of people basically get a lot of, like people treat football religion in Europe, yeah, you know, like, yeah. so, uh, you know, that was huge for that as well. So obviously leading into that, that was great to kind of hear about sports coming back and having that kind of thing. And then obviously leading into the new year, we're starting to see kind of what the direction will be. I think they recently announced that the NBA season uh, started or is starting. I actually just yeah, started, started, didn't it? Like it a started, few days ago. started on the 22nd, 22nd of December. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and, they're, and they're playing in their normal stadiums. Like they're, they're traveling around with, with um, some contingencies, but they're, they're traveling around again, which is, I think it's fraught with danger. But um, yeah, I guess uh, well, I mean I'm like you. I hope they get through the whole season without a problem. Um, we've seen. I don't know if you watch the NFL at all, but the NFL's had a lot of cases and games postponed. Players that can't play that should be playing. Um, yeah. I guess um, touching on the you saying sport bringing people together and um, like through, through the Great Depression and things like that. I think yeah, with the sport in Australia, um, the NRL they they said that they could have gone straight into a bubble the day that coronavirus got here and played the whole season. But yeah. for the psyche of the public, they decided let's shut it down for a month. Yeah. Show everyone they're on board with everyone and then start it back up 
to bring people together again. And I think it ended up being, even though people say sport's not essential, I think for the psyche of the country and the psyche of people that were in lockdown, had nothing going on, I feel like being able to sit down every weekend from Thursday through to Sunday, watch the watch the footy with your mates or through Zoom or whatever, yeah. and you know, enjoy getting behind your team again was, I know for me, especially when I was living by myself there for a bit, it was basically all I looked forward to. Um, yeah. You know, every week it was like, I can't wait for the footy to start on Thursday because I've got nothing going on. <laughs> I can't go anywhere. I can't do anything. You know what I mean? Well, and that's the thing. A lot of people draw, you know, especially those people that are still working, um, even those people who aren't working, uh, who are just stuck at home and, you know, they're they're being told, like, stay at home, find things to do, keep yourself occupied, don't go out if you don't have to. You know, you're still, we're still in a pandemic. We know that these car, these vaccines are on the way out now. And, you know, hopefully we, 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 you know, I think we could see a light at the end of the tunnel, but it's still got a ways to go. I think most of us are likely not going to see a vaccine until the latter half of 2021 anyways, if we do want to even get it. I know there's a lot of people fearful for it, for it, but I think, yeah, I completely agree. I think, um, I think the baseball, actually, I know you probably don't watch baseball, but they, uh, but yeah, but go Dodgers, by the way, yeah, Dodgers. <laughs> But, uh, but the MLB was the first, they were the first ones to actually just start doing um, traveling stadiums, like actually going to the real yes, stadiums and yes, playing with people. Right, they right. were actually, the, they, in the midst of the summer, they actually were doing that. And everyone's like, Major League Baseball's stupid. What are they doing? They're moving around. They're changing, you know, blah, blah, blah. They were still testing. I think there was full teams that got caught, or half of teams that caught uh, coronavirus at random points. And they're like, look how stupid you are. You know, the media was really kind of creating this big fear about it. And I get it. Like, you're, you, we don't don't want to spread. But at the same time, again, like you said, the psyche of sport, you know, NFL kind of stepped in and they're like, okay, we're going to do what the MLB did, but we're going to do it better. So they started doing that. And then obviously now you have the the NBA who came out, we're leading into 2021. They're actually opening it up to fans and stuff like that. And I think as we progress and the vaccine becomes normalized and, you know, there's not all this conspiracy around, you know, chips and trying to control people and crap like that, you know, and that that was... I don't think you'll get rid of that conspiracy, but... Trigger word, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Trigger (laughs) one of the trigger words of 2020 was definitely conspiracy because obviously there was a lot of people uh, running with kind of media and stuff like that. But no, I I think uh, I think what ended up happening is that now we're starting to see. Okay, I think the NBA announced that they're going to try to do at some point. I think it was the Golden State Warriors that actually announced that they were going to try to do COVID tests, like instant testing, before entering their stadium. Um, And there is stuff coming out, and I think that's likely what the future is going to be. How that affects our lives as spectators, I think is going to be drastically changed. Mm. Um, And I think to those people that are looking for what people keep referring to as normal, I think we need to stop saying normal because I think what we consider normal and what we had before is never going to be coming back again. Mm. Two different Um, things. Two different things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I think, I think the flu shot is going to be the new, I think the the COVID, the COVID vaccine is going to end up being the new flu flu shot in the future. Uh, It's going to be something you're going to take. You're going to have to take twice every maybe one or two years or something like that to make sure that you're caught on the new variant on the new alternative and then make sure that you know you're not uh you're not spreading it to those that are immunocompromised like myself but yeah in the end of the day i think i think sport is adapting and hopefully it will kind of lead into something that we can see a future and like you said the the tunnel the light at the end <laughs> of the tunnel but uh but that kind of gauges into what i want to want to kind of end off the um yeah. you know the, the 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 podcast on is so obviously we've talked about your 20 
2020. It sounded like it started really, it started uh, really crap, led into some little bit more, a little bit better. Your, you know, your 30th birthday, happy birthday or belated yeah, birthday. Thanks, Cause I know I didn't actually get to say that to you. Yeah. yeah mine was back in uh, July. I went back to Canada yeah. for that, but, um, and then leading into the end of the year to see sports, I think that was a great thing to see. And obviously I think that made you kind of probably feel a little bit more comfortable in oh, how you're feeling yeah. right now, but uh, tell us kind of like to end things on a positive note. Um, like what are you excited about in 2021? Like what, what, what do you have for like goals and aspirations and what are you hoping to do in the, in the, in the new year? Like, cause I think there's a lot of people that are formulating some positives and yeah. I think we need to start putting out more positive energy because 2020 was enough of negative energy. It's time mm. to focus on the positives yeah. and move forward, you know? Yeah, for sure. I totally agree. I think um, for me, it's going to be a lot about more personal growth. I feel like there's been a lot of personal growth this year with, um, you know, dealing with the challenge I've had basically on my own. Um, and I think I strengthened a lot of friendships and I'd like to keep doing that through this year. Um, I do want to learn another language and I feel like um, even because I've always wanted to travel a lot more, even though I've done a bit already, but um, learning another language so that when I can travel again, if that ever happens... <laughs> Um, What's the languages you're considering? What are your top three languages? Spanish. Spanish. Spanish is the one. Ah, Spanish. Yeah. 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 So um, hopefully I'll get that one under my belt this year. Um, I really want to, it's become a bit of a thing in Australia, especially now that we can't go overseas is to um, buy a van and travel around, um, I guess, all around the country. So I've wanted to do it for years, just getting, putting it off, putting it off. I really want to buy a van, make it so I can live in it and just go, you know, coastal trips, trips inland into the outback um, and do things like that. So that's definitely on the agenda for this year. Something I've put off for too long. So I'm excited for that. I'm excited to hopefully be able to travel again sometime this year, uh, even if it is just within my own country because there's still plenty to see here. So um, I guess that's probably a start for me. Yeah, no, that, I mean, actually hit me up because uh, about mid-year, about mid-year, I'll be finished uh, my contract uh, yeah. and I'll be looking for, I'll be looking to travel. I know it's, uh, I know I know a lot of people are a little, probably a little scared about traveling mm. and stuff like that. But I think um, one of the biggest things I did, because I actually had the luxury of going back to Canada in yeah. the middle of the year of that pandemic. And one thing I realized is that the air, the airlines and the airports are probably one of the safest places you yeah. could be. Yep. because they know how much pressure and how many eyes are on them and you know how much and they have those those uh, I think they're called like HPAC filters or whatever they have mm. that are on the on, on the planes that actually sift through and whatever and I know there was a big thing about recycled air and all that but um, if you mask up and you take care of yourself and you actually fly I don't see why um, what I do see happening is depending on how the vaccine goes I could see them saying you need to have your vaccine yes. in yes. order to travel um, which I think a lot of people are going to have some polarized mm. opinions about yeah. that and yeah. But I, I have no issue with being, um, you know, immunized in order to uh, ensure that I can continue traveling the world. But I, I've always wanted to do exactly what you just said. It's funny how, how a local of Australia wants to do what the typical tourist mm. wants to do, which is get a van and hop and drive. And that was one of the biggest things I want to do is drive up because I didn't get to do any of West uh, Australia or Central Australia, like Uluru and, you know, um, uh, Melbourne and yeah. all of that. I didn't get to do any of that. So that's definitely something on my bucket list is mm. to try to do because I only did Eastern yeah. Australia. So I definitely feel you on that. Um, but that being said, I've also not traveled my country in that same way either. And I think yeah. that's something that I want to do yeah. in my own country. So man, I still want to travel. I don't care. Like oh. I, this isn't going to stop me. I'm with you. I think that the vaccine is going to be the golden ticket. 
if you want to go and do stuff, you know what I mean? Um, I think um, for you, if you come over here and want to travel around Australia, there's so much good stuff to see. Um, I think you love it. So we'll have to deck the van out with two singles if you want to come with me. <laughs> think about it. Think about it. When you think when, when when you start when you start locking it up and you start putting things together, yeah. shoot me a message and be like, Are you serious? And then you'll be yeah. like, All right, I'll, either two twins or uh, or one big queen for yourself. But yeah. uh, but no, you know, I, I completely I think uh, that that's awesome. Uh, I think learning a language is a is a is a tough thing, but it's definitely something that I think would be great to do. Um Spanish is on my list as well, but I hear Spanish kind of like mulls, like ruins Portuguese and Italian. So those are on my list first yeah. is to finalize my Portuguese and learn some Italian before I even touch Spanish. Because yeah. apparently Spanish bleeds into all of the other languages. Yeah, okay. But I, I get it. As someone who only speaks one language, I'm sure you're like, man, I want to speak, I want to speak another language. Cause yeah. uh especially all of South America, I'm sure you probably want to go that's, to like South America. That's that's, that's, that's a bucket list item for me. It's on the list for me. So that's that's actually where I want to go next. Like once I get the vaccine and or do whatever I have to do to get out of here again. Um yeah. that, that's where I want to go. So it's been on the list for quite a while now. Probably since I met you, like, since I've been over in Europe, I've wanted to go to South right. America. Um but yeah, so that's that's on my bucket list for whenever they let us go anywhere again, I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah. No, but awesome. I, I mean, like it's a positive note to end off on. And uh, yeah. I really appreciate you taking the time yeah, in the no evening. Worries. I mean, before you go out this evening, obviously, <laughs> in, uh, in, uh, in uh, New South Wales. But uh, no, I really appreciate you coming on and chatting and giving us an idea of the Australian perspective. I'm hoping to do that again. Like I said, mm. like bring on a bunch of people that I met in Australia to see, just get some personal stories. And I mean, I, what, I think there's a lot of people fearful about chatting. I know, I know you've done a little bit of podcasting, mm. so it's a little easier for you to kind of feel comfortable doing it. But uh, I think there's a lot of people that have some stories that kind of, I think people would, could just, you know, even if you're just like a Joe Schmo and you're not really doing anything mm. special, you don't have an amazing job, you had an okay year, it was kind of what we would call like mediocre. There's nothing wrong with that. I, it's exactly the stories I want to tell because, mm. they, you know, some people some people had, you know, different. I think what's interesting about 2020 is that, you know, I, uh, it was actually mentioned in one of the, um, yeah, one of the podcasts I just did, a recording session I just did. And uh, one, one of my friends mentioned, she was like, one of the interesting things is everyone has struggles every year. But what's interesting about 2020 is that everybody around the entire globe has the exact same yeah. issue where their struggles lied from, you know, mm. uh, whether whether it's whether it's you know whether you lost a job whether you lost a loved one whether you um you just had personal kind of struggles and you had to pick up some personal development or whatever like I know mine was I I maintained employment which was good um but then I was focusing more on my personal health because I was like I was so focused on work I let everything else slide you know so I try that was my goal for this year was to be try to focus more on yourself gain that personal mm. development and that mental you know um motivation but uh no I mean uh I I I think it, I think it's been a great year for a lot of people to kind of learn from and yeah. uh, draw from, and then hopefully that leads us into 2021 and people can continue improving and use that as the benchmark for the next year. Because I don't think there's anywhere up for anywhere from other than up that you can go from 2020. So, uh, but but uh, leave us leave us uh, final thoughts before you go. Uh, 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 so that way, uh, you know, how do you feel? So that uh, I, I'm really glad that you came on, though it was awesome for having you here. Yeah, no, well, thank you so much for having me again. I mean, um, obviously on reflection, 2020 was a hell of a year for everyone. Um, I remember thinking back when it started to lock down that, um, you know, if one part of my life's going to fall apart, I want to make sure everything else is in order. And I really want to focus yeah. on building from that. And I think um, personally, I think I've built a pretty good platform to sort of spring forward. But for those that feel they haven't done that, I think um, you know there's no better time to get a fresh start than 2021 because, like you said, 2020 was hell of a year for everyone and, uh, and for all different reasons. And um, I mean, like you said, we can only go up from here, right? <laughs>
Yeah, absolutely. But awesome, man. Uh, thanks again. Uh, thanks to everybody for listening. Uh, if you have any questions, if you have any audio messages, send those in. Uh, anchor.fm slash the cozy podcast is where I centralize my podcast. You can actually send in messages through that area if you want to, if you have comments or questions or anything like that. And obviously, uh, you know, Adam's a bit of a talker, so I'm sure he's willing to come back and, you know, talk a little bit more or chat if we ever have to again. But uh, I really appreciate you guys listening to this uh, this episode and uh, tune in till next time. We have another story of 2020. Uh, Uh, Thanks again, Adam, for joining us. Thank you.